Part 2. <clears throat> A Concise History of Witchcraft in the West Witchcraft in Salem When William Griggs, the village doctor in colonial Salem Village, now Salem, Massachusetts, couldn't heal the ailing daughter and niece of Reverend Samuel Paris, he claimed the girls had been bewitched. Thus began the infamous Salem witch hunt, which remains one of America's greatest tragedies. Soon girls in Salem and surrounding communities were crying out the names of witches who had supposedly caused their illnesses. Between June and October 1692, 19 men and women were hung and another man was crushed to death for the crime of witchcraft. Authorities threw more than 150 other victims into prison where several died on charges of being in league with the devil. Religious and political factors combined to create the witch craze in Salem. A recent smallpox epidemic and attacks by Indian tribes have left the community deeply fearful. Competition between rivals Rev. James Bailey of neighboring Salem Town, now Danvers, and Rev. Paris exacerbated the tension as both ministers capitalized on their Puritan parishioners' fear of Satan to boost their own popularity. The hysteria also enabled local authorities to rid the community of undesirable and dissents. Economic interests, too, played a role in the condemnation of Salem's witches. Those convicted had their assets confiscated and their property was added to the town's coffers. A number of the executed and accused women owned property and were not governed by either husbands or male relatives, which didn't sit well with the male-dominated society of the time. Putting these independent women in their place may have been part of the motive behind the Salem witch trials. Today, Salem commemorates the victims of the Salem witch trials, which engraved stones nestled in a small, tree-shaded park off Derby Street, near the city's waterfront and tourist district. Visitors can walk through the memorial and remember Salem's darkest hour. Hallucinating Witches One theory suggests that the people supposedly afflicted by witchcraft in Salem were actually high on a fungus called ergo that grows on rye bread. The hallucinogenic LSD was first derived from ergo. Therefore, the strange behavior exhibited by the victims was probably due to eating the psychedelic substance not demonic possessions. Witchcraft's Rebirth Despite centuries of persecution, witchcraft never died. It just went underground. Witches continued to hand down teachings from mother to daughter, father to son, in secret. Through oral tradition, rituals, codes, and symbols, magical information passed from generation to generation at every level of society. Some parts of the world, of course, never experienced the witch hysteria that infested Europe and Salem. But even in those places where persecution once raged, witchcraft and magic reawakened during the 19th and 20th centuries. Magic in the Victorian Era Interest in magic, mysticism, spiritualism, and the occult in general blossomed toward the end of the 19th century, perhaps as a reaction to the age of reason's emphasis on logic and science. The magicians of this era had a strong impact on the evolution of contemporary witchcraft and magic. One noted figure of the time was Charles Leland, 
a Pennsylvania scholar and writer who traveled wildly studying the folklore of numerous cultures. His most famous book, Aradia, or the Gospel of the Witches, became an important text that influenced the development of neo-paganism and modern-day witchcraft. Another was Madame Helena, a Russian-born medium and occultist who moved to New York and found the Theosophical Society with Henry Steele Ocott. Theosophy, which means divine wisdom, combines ideas from the Greek mystery schools, Hindus, and others. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, begun by Englishmen William Westcott, S.L. MacGregor Mathers, and William Woodman, was the most important magical order to arise in the West during the Victorian period. All three men were Freemasons and members of the Rosicurian Society, which influenced their beliefs and practices. The Order's complex teachings drew up the ideas and traditions of numerous ancient cultures and melded them into an intricate system of ceremonial magic. The Poetry of Ritual The Golden Dawn's magic rituals were written by the noted British poet and mystic William Butler Yeats, who was one of the Order's most prominent members in collaboration with founding father S.L. McGregor Mathers. The most notorious member of the Golden Dawn was Aleister Crowley, a controversial and charismatic figure who many say was the greatest magician of the 20th century. After breaking with the Golden Dawn, he formed his own secret society called Orangutum Astrum or Silver Star and later became the head of the Ordo Templi Orientis, Order of the Templars of the Orient, or OTO. Much of his magic centered upon the use of sexual energy, which outraged the stuffy, uptight Victorians. The author of numerous books on magic and the occult, Crowley, also created one of the most popular tarot decks with Lady Frida Harris, known as the Thoth Deck. Neo-Paganism Pagan was originally a derogatory term used by the church to refer to people, often rural folk, who had not converted to Christianity. Generally speaking, today's neo-pagans can be described as individuals who uphold an earth-honoring philosophy and attempt to live in harmony with all life on the planet as well as with the cosmos. Pagans tend to be polytheistic, meaning they acknowledge many deities, rather than a single god or goddess, although some pagans may not honor any particular higher being. The pagan and Wiccan communities overlap a great deal and share many beliefs, interests, and practices. Not all pagans are witches or Wiccans, although Wiccans and witches are usually considered pagans. Because of the similarities between them, they often combine their resources for political, humanitarian, environmental, and educational objectives. Witchcraft today. In the past few decades, the ranks of witches have swelled rapidly. Although it's impossible to accurately determine how many people practice witchcraft, a study done in 2001 by City University of New York found 134,000 self-described Wiccans in the United States. Certainly, that number has increased since then. The American Academy of Religions now include panels on Wicca and witchcraft. 
The U.S. Defense Department recognizes Wicca as an official religion and allows Wiccan soldiers to state their belief on their dog tags. As of 2006, an estimated 1,800 Wiccans were serving in the U.S. military. Undoubtedly, the internet has helped to spread information about the craft. By enabling witches around the world to connect with one another in a safe and anonymous manner, the internet has extended witchcraft's influence to all corners of the globe. Today, you'll find thousands of websites and blog sites devoted to the subjects of paganism, Wicca, witchcraft, and magic, along with lots of intelligent, thought-provoking ideas and scholarship. <clears throat> witchcraft isn't a static belief system or rigid body of rules and rituals. It's a living entity that's continually evolving and expanding. As education dissolves fear and misconceptions, magical thinking and practices will gain greater acceptance among the general populace and influence the spiritual growth of all people, regardless of their specific faiths.